Okay, everyone, let's start. Let's begin. Let's begin a new day. Baruch Hashem. A new life. A new... A new reality of ourselves, of the way we want to live our lives. It doesn't matter how we lived yesterday. It doesn't matter how we lived five minutes ago. Oh, wow. I would stand up for you if, if, if I could. Stand up for that yid in the corner. We'll talk about it when, when the oilam's more here. It's a Jew to stand up for. You can get a bracha from Moshe, from Moshe Grove. I want to be next to you, Rosh Hashanah. Please be right next to me. So I say, Hashem. I just want to be near that yid. Unbelievable. A new day, a new day, a new life. And what we have to do, what we want to do every day is to remind ourselves what life is about and remind ourselves how if we don't, if we're not positive and we don't try and talk positive, and we don't try and see the good, then we will see the bad. That's what's going to happen. And <clears throat> we naturally see the bad, and unless we're able to push ourselves and to, as someone put on the chat, what was put on that chat? An amazing line that was put on, which is, here it is, the mind just like the body becomes exactly what it is fed. The mind, just like the body, becomes exactly what it is fed. While the body is nourished by food, the mind is nourished by thoughts. Right, Shimmy? That was Shimmy's line. Right, again. The mind is just like the body. So, so you feed, you are what you eat, and you are what you think. So when a person thinks positive thoughts, he becomes a more positive person. When a person thinks... Very good, Rabbi Tzvi. Correct. First of all, Mazel Tov to Rabbi Tzvi. Right? On the Turkish... On the Turkish Super Bowl. Right? Many more wins. Many more wins representing... Representing the Jewish people. Wait, Rabbi, wait till there's 50. <laughs> we'll do it again right, so what's the pshat the pshat is as Rabbi Tzvi just said oh you heard Mayor okay good as Rabbi Tzvi just said that a person cannot have two thoughts at the same time so you're either having a negative thought or you're having a positive thought so it goes either way so just like the mind just like the body needs to be fed fed uh, nourished and good food in order to make it work. So too, if you want to make your mind and the way you live, you want to make it more loving, you got to put loving thoughts. You want positivity, you have to put positive thoughts. And the more a person learns every day, that's why we do this every day, to learn Hilchus Lashon Hara, to remind us, to remind us and to strengthen us in our positive thoughts and it all starts with me. It all starts over here. Because if you're talking negative about somebody else, you're talking Lashon Hara about somebody else, it all comes from the negativity that you have inside of yourself. So let's begin the Halacha 51, page 51, 52, in purity of speech, talking negatively about a speaker. Chavetz Chaim warns us that talking negatively about a speaker can have terrible ramifications. Besides for degrading the speaker... The Lashon Hara can weaken the impact of his speech. Furthermore, as a result of your words, people will not be interested in hiring the speaker in the future. For example, right, you come home from a speech and someone asks you, which is already a dangerous question to ask somebody, how was the speech? So you have to be careful right, when, when, you, when you come home to say, how was the speech? So you're not allowed to say the following statements. Yes, Tzion. Right, that's a good question. Right, so Tzion's asking, let's say you, let's say the speaker said some really crazy things. Ideas. Right? Right, right. So, I, I mean, I think pretty rarely that's going to happen. 
I think it's pretty rare that someone's going to show up. You pretty much more or less know what the speaker is going to be speaking about and that idea. But yeah, if it's something that's detrimental, then, then, it, then, it, goes in, then it falls into the category of saying something for benefit, which is you can't hold a grudge, you can't exaggerate, you can't be venting your anger. It has to be that you're doing it 100% to warn the person if there's another way to avoid them going to the speaker without saying anything. Those, are the, the, those we'll learn about this year, right, when you're allowed to say negative things. But most of the time, if you're upset at the person, then you're only going to say that out of frustration and negativity. But, but yeah, if it's, if it's detrimental, there's no question you, you, you're able to uh, maybe say something. Okay. Number two, for example, oh, so what happens? Someone comes home and he says, how was the speech? You're not allowed to say it was much too deep. Most people weren't able to follow. Or it was very boring. Or he used to speak better. The Chavetz Chaim, can you tell the Olam? Either they should be quiet, they should come in. The Chavetz Chaim gives us an idea. If you really care about the speaker and want to help him make his speeches more effective, this is the Chavetz Chaim says, then, then you could talk to him privately on how to better his speaking skills. But I think the point over here is more that a person has to be very careful to weaken the impact of the speech and just to go ahead and say, oh yeah, he, did, he said it like this, he said it like this, to say negative that people are not going to listen to that person or people are not going to go to hear the speaker is something that a person has to be very careful with. Question, comments on that. And again, I just before I, before I say the next point, just to, just to clarify, it all comes from, I think that anyone who, who goes and hears anybody say something, you could always gain from the person. There's always what to gain from somebody. There's always something that you can listen to and hear. When a person is looking and he wants to be defensive, so sometimes it's very difficult for a person to really appreciate what somebody's saying because they're being defensive. But if a person is really open, you could technically and really gain from anyone. Yes, Ellie. Correct. Exactly. Well said, Ellie. Yes, true. Right. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean other people won't like it. Um, yes, Shia. He said that um, you can't say that, oh, the speaker, that you told him, like, it flew over everyone's head or whatever. Is that Lushenhar on the speaker or on the people? Like, why is that not Yeah, right. Correct. That could be. Right, it could be on the people also, right? They didn't get it. Yeah. Correct. Or is that like, yeah, I mean, basically you're saying that he didn't, he didn't give over the message. He did, he's talking, you know, way above the people. It could, it, it could, it could be that he was, he's just a really special guy. Right, right, correct. Okay, so if you say it like that, then in a khanami, you're right. Correct. If you say it in a sensitive way, then that could be okay. You're right. If you say he's such a great speaker, you know. The bottom line is, ah, uh, come. Right. The, um, the 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 key again. The key, like everything, is 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 what your intention is and what you're trying to do. If a person is positive and he's trying to bring out something positive, then that positivity will come out. If you're trying to bring up negativity, then you will. It's not so much what you say as much as it is your your agenda in so saying it. Yes. Yeah. I was I was talking to a friend and then his friend walked into the room and and I was like, Oh, your rabbi lets you know that keeper like I was like it was a joke. Like, I, it could have been it was just bad taste, I don't know. My friend was like, Why are you so negative about my yeshiva? And I was like, Well, I wasn't trying to be negative, I was trying to make a joke to one of my boys and I noticed that. And he took I really he took it as, as if it was like lush and hard negative. I personally didn't take it as zero as Lashon Hara. So is Lashon Hara really about the vibes you give off or what's going yeah. inside you? Yeah, yeah. It's about the vibe. It's about... Or both. Both. Correct. Because I can't... I, I should... Should I be... Tri- should the dirty word? 
But I'm going to use it anyway. Is sh should I be tripping on what someone else is tripping on, or should I just do my thing? And if it's someone else, well, if you're hurt, no, no, of course. So if you're I wasn't trying. Okay, but so what? It's very hard. I have a good sense of humor that guy might not have. Okay. Okay. No, good. Good. No. Good. So I'm I'm answering the question. So Shaya and Rabbi Tzvi are saying, is it right? Okay. Good. The answer is the answer is to Shaya and Rabbi Tzvi. Tough luck. Use your sense of humor on your wife and kids, and then say, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm saying it straight. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm saying it sarcastically. Saying it's a joke. So tell. Oh wait, wait no, no. So, so what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, you're saying, oh, it's tough luck. It's tough luck that that guy can't handle, can't handle my sharp, funny sense of humor. So I said, so tell that to your wife and kids when they can't handle it. When your wife can't handle your sense of humor, and your children can't handle your sense of humor, you're gonna tell them tough luck. No way. You're going to be sensitive to them. Nachon? No, there's 11 people and 10 enjoy my humor. Yes. And the 11th guy doesn't. So Shai is asking, does it go by him? Right. Or does it go by he? Let's say the 11th person is your wife. Does that, does that count? What? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Let's say that 11th person in the room would be your wife. What would you say to that? Well, I would hope that I could teach her not to be a baby. <laughs> no, I, no, I mean, I mean to say there are certain jokes. Do we go by individual? Why are we getting the wife and kids in the mafia? <laughs> the women and children don't get involved. Why do women and children not get involved? Why is it different? The mafia. The mafia, we don't talk about <laughs> Okay, fine. Saying it's gentle. <laughs> Know a guy is extra sensitive. Yes. Yes. Let's say I'm the good. So I'm answering the question. Let's say I am the eleventh person. Why are you counting the eleventh person who you want to count? Let's say the eleventh person is your mother. Are you going to say something and say, "Oh, she's being too sensitive"? You have ten people in a room, and then the eleventh person is your mother. I'm talking about. I'm talking about. What, one second. No, Let, no, let's no, obviously, 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 if it's the mother, then or if it's anyone's mother, then you'll take that at the chayyim. Oh, What's a random? What's a random? There is no random yid. I don't mean random yid. I mean like some guy that you really like. Oh, there is no random person. Let me just exactly. Let me just answer. The answer. Great. Great. It's fine. Let me, let me answer. So let me be very clear to Shia. To Shia. Let me be very clear. Sense of humor. I did apologize, by the way. Good. The answer to your question is. The answer to your question is. The answer to your question. Yes, slimy. The first problem is you're making that first number less. Why is that number one? Ooh. I want to. I want to just say something very clear. To, I want to say something very clear. The, the the I give tremendous credit and respect to Rabbi Tzvi and to Shaya because that's why we're learning this together. The reason we're here together and we talk about this is to make us more sensitive to each other. And yes, sometimes if you're a sharp person, if you're if you're a funny person, if you have a very loud personality, if you're someone who is able to make people laugh, and, and that's amazing, that's a gift that Hashem gave you, and the point of that gift is to make the jokes, and is to get a, go ahead and say great comments, and to make people feel a certain way. But if you're that type of person, you also have to be very, very careful. Because <laughs> as much as you both, if I could talk publicly, because we're talking openly to work on ourselves. As much as you both have the ability to uplift and say the greatest things to people and make people feel amazing, somebody who has the ability to make people feel amazing also has the ability to make people feel like dirt. And you might not do it on purpose. It might be something that's natural that you could do. And that's something that you might have to be extra careful for. You're right, a quiet guy, 
somebody who doesn't have such a sharp tongue might not have the challenge that you both might have. But yes, to be very, 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 very careful, to be extra careful that Hashem gives you siyata deshmaya, that everything that comes out of your mouth will not hurt somebody. Because like Shlaimi said, there is no 11th person. And if you look at everybody as it's your mother, as it's your wife. I just want to say, the guy yes. who was wearing the kippah wasn't the one who was offended. It was another guy in the room who was offended that I said something to his friend. About you him. don't want it, but you know what, Shai? You so don't want... Should I be tripping want, about... Like, you shouldn't... No, first of all, there's no shouldn't. Know, if, there if isn't I, shouldn't be tripping about anything. Right? It's okay. What we're working on over here is learning how to be more sensitive of what comes out of your mouth. To be more sensitive and careful about what comes out of your mouth. And especially if you're a person who has a lot to say. You have to be extra sensitive. You don't want to hurt anybody. You don't ever want to hurt anybody. I know, I know I've ha- I have a situation. Not I have a situation. There is someone in Chaveirim, Cam Chaveirim, who's, everyone knows him, who's, who's blind, right? It's incredible, every time I see him, I get inspired. And when I walk over to him to say Shalom Aleichem to him, I'm very careful, and it's hard. I'm very careful, naturally, when you see somebody, you haven't seen them in a long time, you say, it's so good to see you. It's so nice to see you. Now, there would be nothing wrong if I'm trying to hug the guy. I love you. Thank you so much. It's such a great, it's an honor to see you. But I try in every way, and it's difficult sometimes to say, oh, I'm so happy you're here in camp. It's great that you're here. I can't actually say what I want to say. Now, if I said it, it could be he's not going to be offended. It could be nothing. But what it is is to be careful. I'm just using that as an example of I wouldn't chas v'shalom even though my intention, right? Where they say the road to H-E-L-L is paved with good intentions. It's true. The road to H-E-L-L is paved with... I had good intentions. You have great intentions to say something. But if it hurts somebody, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to be funny to, to hurt somebody. Even if, even if 20, even if 200 and, even if 999 people are going are gonna to laugh and you're going to be the man, but that one person, that one person's going to be hurt by what you said, it's not worth it. And Hashem should protect us. That's all I could say. Hashem should protect us. So, so here's, my, here's, my, here's the kicker. What if you're trying to be sensitive or you're, or you're, you're not trying to hurt someone, but someone takes offense to it? What do you do? That's a new case. That's what you have to pray for. What? That's a new case. Yeah, no, yeah. That's what happened. I wasn't joking. Shia, Shia. You Shia. weren't trying to be sensitive. You're trying to make a joke. Shia, Shia. Shia. <laughs> no, I'm trying to make him sensitive. Shia. Shia. It's okay. It's okay. No, I mean that. Okay. So you have to pray so to Hashem. You have to pray to Hashem. 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 Exactly. Please help me. Not disease. Exactly. Hashem, please help. I love you. Please help. And, and whatever comes out of my mouth won't hurt people. That's all. That's what you have to daven for. That's what we daven for. You never know. You never know. One person, we don't know. It's not a thing. You don't know the guy. Correct, but you have to daven. No, no, no. no, no, no. So that's now the case. Let's address that new case. Usually when you're trying to make people feel good, you usually don't make them feel bad. Like we're making like religion seem like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Like, no, if we're looking to make jokes, then oh my gosh, what are we going to do? But if we're looking to make people feel good, like right. Rob said about the guy in Camp Chaberim, chances are it's going to work out. Like, right. it's and and, and sometimes you might, sometimes, sometimes you might, sometimes you might be, you might slip up and that, that happens. But your goal is not to slip up. Your goal is to hopefully be positive, say beautiful things. If someone gets hurt by it, okay, that happens. But you could dive into Hashem that I don't want my mouth. Why are we here? What are we trying to do every day? Why are we doing this? We're doing this because we don't want to hurt anybody. We want only positive energy flowing. Does it happen that I hurt people? Unfortunately, I do. Unfortunately, I do. I say not the right things to my wife sometimes. I say not the right things to my kids sometimes. I might say not right things to people here, to guys here as well. That could happen. I'm human. But I hope not to. I hope I don't. I hope I don't hurt someone's feelings. That's all we could do. 
You're going to say, oh, but it's not my fault. They misunderstood me. I have a lot of times where people might misunderstand me, and it hurts that that happens. Okay, i I got to check myself more. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Shai. Thank you, Shai. Yeah. Of that, I think that I once came to Rebbe and can, and I asked Rebbe, like, what I'm supposed to do? Because, like, when you're counseling camp, like, a lot of times, like, you could, like, look at a kid and you could make his summer just by saying, like, yo, what's up? And sometimes you could not look at a kid and it could, like, kill his summer. Right. You know? Right. So I was telling Rebbe that that's, like, a mad hard position to be in. So, right. So I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, which I think I am, that Rebbe told me, listen, Yehuda, it's too hot, let's get out of the kitchen. Right. Uh, that, right. That, 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 that. That like you need a, that, like if you're in that position, so then yes, and that's what you're dealing with. So if you're talking in front of like a whole chevra, so then if you're not ready for that, so then maybe don't talk in front of a whole chevra. Right. If you're trying to talk in front of a whole chevra, you need to be sensitive. Right. So that's what you got to do. Right. Well said. Good. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. I agree with I agree with what I told you. That's good. Hashem. It's true. It's true. What you're saying is that, and if you can't handle it, and you're worried with ten people that you're going to say something and someone's going to misinterpret it. Then you got to zip your mouth if you're not sure how that's gonna how that's gonna come off. Person has to be very careful. His mouth is a very dangerous, dangerous tool. Very very dangerous tool that you can't take back. Right? Think of the things that were said to you that you still remember in your head as a child or whatever it is. Think of the people who said things to you that are still ringing in your mind or you could even think about it. The fact that you could even remember someone saying something negative to you is, is, a, is a proof of the power of, of someone saying something. And it's very, very dangerous, very dangerous. And it goes the other way also. I'm sure you could think of people who have said incredible things to you and said beautiful things to you. And that makes a difference as well. So Hashem should help us, should protect all of us, that we should all be Zoha today and every day. That everything we say will be taken as positive, taken as love, taken as, as, as beautiful energy. And Hashem should protect that that begins within us right here. It can begin with all of us as Hashem because that's where it starts. Because just like you could hurt somebody else, it means you could hurt yourself at the same way. You could hurt yourself and say sharp things to yourself as we were saying. As Shimmy Klaus said, the quote of you nourish your body with food and you nourish your mind with thoughts. So Hashem should help us only have beautiful, positive thoughts for us and all the Jewish people. I have to mention, I know I mentioned it before briefly, but I can't even begin. I could say it day in, day out. The, the, that, that everyone, I'm telling you, it's worth it to go over to him, to get a bracha from him. Every person in this base medrash, in this yeshiva, can get a bracha. I'm not exaggerating when I say it. Can get a bracha from Moshe. You can take off vacation. You can go on vacation. Moshe Groveman. You can take... And I'm not doing it enough. I'm not doing it too much. I'm not doing it. It's not enough. You can go ahead and go to Hawaii till after Yom Kippur. Because you already did all your tshuva, you're already pure. Now the rest is just for, for me. Just have me in mind, all the davening. For a person, when Yossi, just to be clear, just to talk a little bit, I don't even know the half of it. But when Yossi uh, knew, learned that his, that his brother passed away, right, the person who was at his side from beginning till end did not flinch, did not flinch about going back to America. It's not like he was here for six months where he could say, okay, I could use some Dunkin' Donuts. I could use, uh, you know, all the, you know, whatever, uh, you know, all the luxuries that, that America can give. But literally, it was a week after he was here, right? It was not convenient. I did not feel for a second. I, you know what I thought about? It? I actually felt bad. I was like, I didn't even, like, speak to Moshe about it. Like, is it good for him? I didn't, like, sit down with him. And I, I thought, I blame myself. It's not because Moshe made it like push it so simple that he's going to be with Yossi the entire time. I wasn't even, at the end I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so stupid on my end. Like I didn't even take you into account. But part of the reason I didn't even take you into the account because I'm not excusing myself. I'm just saying because you didn't take yourself into the account. 
Because when a person, you didn't take yourself into the account, and it was so clear to me that it wasn't about you, it was about Yossi, it was about someone else. If there's something that this yeshiva is about, if there's one thing, and Hashem should protect all of us, we should never be in a situation of a, a tragedy or a situation that's challenging for us to be tested. But one thing we could say with pride to Hashem is that that's what this yeshiva is about. One man needs help, and the other person is there at his side to help him. So Moshe, I can't, I can't give you enough. I can't tell you. I'm like, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. And I don't say that with any, with any exaggeration. God bless you. And it should help you, should help you have the year that Amir Tashem you're going to have, to have an incredible, to start off the year as a giver, to start off the year helping and doing something for somebody else is, is really what this yeshiva is about. Amir Tashem you'll do for your wife. Amir Tashem you'll do for your children. And you'll, you have it in you. There's no question about it that you have it in you. I learned so much from you, Moshe. Thank you. Okay. Great, great segue to, to where we were up to. I just want to do the last two of the Ramchal. We have the five pillars of Judaism. The five understandings of what it is to be a Jew. Number one is relationship, having a relationship with Hashem. Number two is acting like Hashem which is being a good person. I told over your story, Rip Simcha Rabba, to many people of being nice to the Arab on the bus. They loved it. They loved it, right? To be nice, to be friendly, to be, have midos tovos. Number three we left off, which is ahava, which is about love. Love, as we just spoke about, is about giving, is about being someone who's focused not on what can Hashem do for me, but what it is that I could do in this world for Hashem. Why did Hashem put me in this world? What am I here to do? So those are the three out of five pillars of Judaism. So again, number one is building a relationship with Hashem. Number two is acting just like Hashem acts. Hashem is kind, I'm kind. Hashem cares about poor people, I care about poor people. Hashem obviously wants things to be straight and to bring brotherliness and love. Am I somebody who brings people together or am I someone who pushes people away? Number three, am I a giver or a taker? As the Michtam Elio says it straight out, it might be hard to swallow this, but these are facts. The facts are you're either a giver or you're a taker in every aspect of your life. I'm either giving or I'm taking. I'm either giving or I'm taking. So the goal of being a lover is somebody who is a giver. Lovers are givers. Love as a verb, not a noun. Yes, we want to fall in love like we spoke about. Everyone in Mirtashem here will, yes, fall in love. But you fall in love and then what happens? Then what you have to do is you have to learn to give to the other person, to love as a verb the other person. I'm loving you. The more you love somebody, the more you love them. Again, the more you love somebody as a verb, the more you will noun, you will love them. Right? That's why they say if there's someone who you don't like, you know what the best thing to do to someone you don't like? Give to them. Give to them. And then you will begin to like them. Why? Because when you love somebody with a verb and you actively love, then you end up feeling the love. That's the way it works. When you give to somebody, you begin to invest in the relationship, then you begin to love them. That's what Hashem. How could God command us to love him? You can't command me. Love this person. Could you imagine someone telling you, love this person? How could God command us to have a feeling? The answer is, he's not commanding us to have a feeling. He's commanding us to do actions. And when you do actions, the feelings come. When you invest. I don't love Gemara. Let's say you say, I don't love Gemara. I don't love learning. Well, how much? Well, how much? Yeah, what? Shimon, do you love Gemara? Of course I love Gemara. Hey. Okay, beautiful. Yeah, what's the shot? No, no, ask him why. Why? Because it's hard. Ooh. So you invest in it. Okay, so Shimon, so that's an example. 
People are waiting till they love learning. I can't wait till I love learning. Well, let me ask you a question. Is the learning there to love you? Is it there to hug you and love you and make you feel all good? Or are you going ahead and investing in your relationship, in your learning? When you invest in your learning, I guarantee everybody here, if you would spend, they say, how do you become a masmid? They say, learn an hour. Because you learn an hour, you'll want to learn two hours. You learn three hours, you'll want to learn five hours. They say it's like wine. So I heard from your uncle, Shem Yuzayda. They say that. They say that Torah is compared to wine. If you take a little wine, a little bit, you drink a little, it's based on a Gemara, I'm not going to go through the whole Gemara, but you taste a little bit of wine, right? It's bitter. You have a glass of wine, it might be very bitter. By the second glass, it ain't bitter no more. I mean, it depends on your tolerance, but I'm talking about myself. I'm not a big wine guy. But by the second glass of wine, it might be half bitter, but by the third, fourth, fifth, it's sweet as anything. Why? Because that's the way it works. So to Torah. You taste a little Torah, it's bitter. You drink more, and you drink more, and you drink more. Then what happens? Then you're drunk with it. And it's difficult. That's why we daven every day. Why do we have to daven that the Torah will be sweet? Why, why, why daven that it's sweet? Because initially, it's not sweet. Initially, a relationship with Hashem is not something that's so easy. But when you invest in it, when you do for somebody, when you do for something, you begin to feel the love. That's number three. Let's do number four and number five, and then we'll end off for today. Yes? I once heard that a Vodazara is the total opposite. That what? As soon as you start, it's sweet. Right. And afterwards, it kicks in, and it's bitter. Right, correct. When you do a mitzvah, you say I, and then you say ah. When you do an Avera, you say ah, and then you say ah. Very good. Beautiful. Right, it's true. When you do an Avera, it's sweet in the beginning, and then at the end, it's bitter. As opposed to when it comes to Ruchnius, it's bitter in the beginning, but then eventually it becomes sweet. But the point is, the point is, is that am I giving in my relationship? Am I giving to Hashem? Whatever it might be. That's number three. Number four, what? So one's halicha bedrachav. One's copying God. I'm copying Him. How do I know? How do I know? Well, it's not about giving. The second thing is, how do I know what to do? Oh, I see Hashem is very merciful and He forgives people. I want to be merciful and I want to forgive people. I see Hashem is very sensitive to orphans. I want to be sensitive to orphans. I see Hashem is always giving tzedakah. Yeah, good, but I'm saying at least I know what action to do. Right? I know what action to do. It's general to know, right, how do I act? Hashem is, look, think about Hashem gives us second chances and third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances and tenth chances and hundredth chances. So do I give that to other people also? Hashem, do I give that to myself? Exactly. Correct. Or do I beat myself up? Hashem loves us. Hashem forgives us. We're the ones who don't forgive ourselves. That's the problem. Hashem is ready to forgive us in a second. It's ourselves that we don't, we don't forgive. Very well said. Okay, number four. Everybody got that clear? So those are the first three out of the five pillars. Number four. This is a big one, especially for nowadays. Number four is shlemus halev, which is more or less to be wholeheartedness, which means anyone who's read uh, uh, Lahavdal, just because we're in the middle of the Ramchal, so it's definitely Lahavdal Elf Alfa Avdalus, right? Uh, the vulnerability to, to uh, the gifts of imperfection, which basically means that I am being true to myself and being fully myself. Which basically means Basically, if I'm living externally and not internally. This is number four. Pillar number four is, am I an external Jew or am I an internal Jew? Which means, am I true to myself in my service to Hashem? Am I trying to copy somebody? Am I trying to fit into a system? Or am I able to be true to my avodas Hashem? And I'm able to be true to myself in my avodas Hashem. Which means, am I wholehearted 
in what I'm doing, which means I'm learning Torah, I'm learning Gemara. I don't understand how to learn Gemara. I don't understand how to read Chumash. I don't understand whatever it is that I don't understand. And I'm okay to say I don't understand. That's Shlemus Halev. Shlemus Halev is, is that I am completely present and being where it is that I need to be, and I'm not faking myself, I'm not pretending to be somebody else, and I'm totally Baruch Hashem, I could say that this yeshiva definitely excels in that area where people are able to be comfortable with who they are in their Avodah Hashem. So number four, it's incredible that this is one of the pillars of Judaism. One of the pillars of Judaism is to know where you are, to know where you stand, to be makir es mekomo, to know that this is what I'm, am I ready to learn five hours a day? Am I ready to learn three hours a day? Am I ready to learn 10 hours a day? And therefore, when I do what it is that I do, I am totally, totally, totally involved with it. When I'm not living an internal life and I'm living an external life, so then I'm sort of ADD all over the place which is I'm not really there. You know why I'm not really there? Because I didn't choose to be there. I didn't choose that this is what I'm doing. But when a person accepts that this is what I'm committed to do, and he puts his whole heart and his whole soul, and he puts himself totally involved with it, right? Rabbi C, let me ask you, when you're on the line, when you're playing football in Turkey, when you're sitting there playing there, are you thinking about anything but that moment? The MS though. Mom is not thinking about anything. Doesn't think about anything. When that ball snaps and the quarterback pulls back, Tzvi is in one place. Rabbi Tzvi is in one place. Exactly where his mind, his body, and his soul is totally present. That's called Shlemus Alev. And you know what? I told this to Rabbi Tzvi. I told Rabbi Tzvi. He went away. I'm saying it publicly and I'm proud to say it. He went away to play football, right? I'm supposed to say, see, come, come to my office. Let's sit. I mean, Lamaisa, you have an achrayas, and you have the guys in your shear, and you miss this, and you miss that. <laughs> right? What did I tell Tzvi? What did I tell him? Go play, and I'm proud for him to play. You know what? And I want his Talmidim. And I want the guys in Ashir. And I want the Bachram in Yeshiva. And I want every Rebbe in Yeshiva. I want all of us to say, yes, that is what Reb Tzvi does. That's what he does great. That's what he loves to do. Go do that. That's what we're trying to do over here. That's what we're all trying to do. We're all trying to find what it is that we love to do. And we celebrate that. If I would go ahead and tell Reb Tzvi that no, you can't do that, then I would be contradicting anything and everything I've ever learned, especially from Shlemus Alev. So the reason I'm using that as an example is Shlemus Alev means being true to yourself. And when you're true to yourself, and you're not just trying to say, okay, oh, Shaya, this is why you say, oh, I should, I shouldn't say, I should, should, should. The word should is the opposite of Shlemus Alev. I should do this, I should do that. Anyone who should do this, should do that, is not being true to what he really wants to do. This is what I'm doing, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to put my body, mind, and soul to what I'm doing. Question, comments on that? Shkoyach Rabbi Tzvi. Question, comments on that, please. Yes. So, I guess... Where should I be investing like my whole heart? Because a lot of times there are things that I really, really want want to do, but I'm not there yet. So even though it's something that I really want to do, there's no way that I can be wholeheartedly doing it now. So should I be like yeah. in, in where I'm at now, or yeah. in wholeheartedness in where I'm trying to be, or is that the same thing? Yeah, yeah. Well, well. Again, it, it's something that that a lot of times is natural. It's something that you can try and be whole, wholehearted in, but you'll see if you're faking yourself or not. Well, you're the only one who knows. You could talk it over. We could talk it over, talk it over with your wife, talk it over with me, talk it over with a friend, speak it out, to really know where you're holding. Because what people do is they skip steps. And when you skip steps, then you're not able to fully be engaged in what it is that you're doing. 
But when you feel connected, when you're teaching Chovas HaTalmidim, your whole heart, when you're teaching the Rebbe, the PSS night, what? Yeah, when I'm you're learning, when you're sharing the Chovas HaTalmidim, do you have any suffix that you're totally involved with that? Exactly. So the answer is you're fine with that. that is a, that's a right. That's a right that that's something that talks to you. That's something that talks to you. Everybody here needs to find something that talks to them. What talks to you that pulls you in like the Piazetsna pulls you in? Like the Masil Shisharam. Since I, for the first time that I went through the Masil Shisharam in 1990, I don't even know anymore. 1996. When I started the Masil Shisharam and I felt a pool and I started giving shear in Masil Shisharam, I felt connected to that. I didn't do it because someone told me you should learn the Masil Shisharam. You should learn the... Someone told you you should do the Piazetsna. What happened? You learned it and you connected to it. You should do this. Right, Ripsim Kharaba. What? Let, tell us. You I'm, should I'm, do this. You should do that. I'm trying to think about what the rabbi is saying. Yes. There are definitely have times, like on Shabbos, when one of my kids turns the light on, and I know that that means that, like, turns the light on <coughs> the room. Right. And that's going to be, like, a hard bedtime. So, like, um, I feel like, oh, like, I didn't choose this, and I get, like, angry or whatever. And then, like, I think to myself, and, like, I, especially I literally, like, told my wife, and if this, something like this happened, I said, like, it's easy to be some mayach, like, when you're like, you know, singing or, or eating, but I was like, am I also obligated to be Sameach right now that like the light's on? And I think that people are afraid to like think in these terms, because it's like, I'm a victim, like okay, like now I have to like be like religious, but it was like, it was a lot easier than I thought to just like say like, hey, like let's say I wasn't religious now, and you told me if you choose to be religious, then the light will be on in the room. I would for sure choose it. And it was like, it was very um, relieving. And, and I, I'm just saying, like, you don't have to be afraid. Like, sometimes my, people might think, oh, like, Nebuch, like, I have to learn. If I start thinking, if I have to learn, I'm going to run to, like, who knows, like, Talibim or something. Like, it's, it's not true. If you think about it and you let yourself um, realize what you're doing, it's a lot easier to just start choosing to actually do it. And, yeah, am, am I, okay. Beautiful, I'm not, beautiful. Yeah, 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 beautiful. Thank you. I do think that for myself, and especially with, with guys that I'm friends with here, and when we talk about learning, and even last week on Thursday, like Shimon, we're talking about like how much work he puts into Gemara, like it's very uncomfortable like when you're speaking to somebody and their heart's not into it. Right. And on one hand, you want to tell them like push because like we all know, whoever sees Shimon learning, he's putting hard work into it. And specifically after that share, he got up and gave a, uh, he told everybody how good he feels that he pushed. But at the same time, if like I need to push, I'm not being all hard. It's exactly so, so it's correct. Like they, yeah. Correct. I, it's, it's a balance, a hundred percent. That's what Yehuda was saying. 100%. It's a very challenging balance. And just to say in your story of Simcha doesn't mean you have to be dancing in the room that the fact that it's light, the light's on. It could be I'm not so happy that the light's on and I'm okay with not being so happy. That could be Simcha also. Simcha doesn't mean you're ha 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 ha. Simcha could be that you're, that you're holy, correct. That I'm okay that, I, that this bothers me that the light's on. That's okay being accepting the situation. But yes, correct, that is tough. If someone will see Shimon and say, okay, this means that I should push myself in Gemara. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Shimon didn't say, I should push myself in the Gemara. He says, this is what I want to do. And that's why he's doing it. That's why he's doing it. Yes, Morty. Yes, yes, loud, Morty, please. Give him the mic. Yes. Morty, let's hear What? That what? That what? Even though you don't feel it, do it anyway because Hashem is the king and that's, that's what you're supposed to do. Beautiful. Additionally, is this like a, like a, la- like a stepping stool? You know what I'm saying? Like that what? You go one, I'm saying logically it makes sense to go start at, start at Yira. Right. And once you attain Yira, you tie Yira into walking in his ways. Okay. And what I'm saying, because you can't, you can't physically 
even what Rosen Parabo was saying, you can't physically, if, if you don't like it, your whole heart's not there. So right. you got to first do it anyway, do it because you're doing it. And once you're doing it, you'll find it. Beautiful, beautiful. I would write, beautiful, Maury, what I would do, beautiful, what I would do is I'd write out your development of these five things and what, exactly what you're saying. I would write that out. I would get that clear. I think that's beautiful. To develop a system where you're starting from Yira, ending up at Shlema Salev. And then the last thing, let's just do the last one. Just to, yeah, Morty? Beautiful. Well said. Yes, Shia? I have a question real quick. Um, yeah. So can Rabbi tell me the balance? Not balance. balance. Can Rabbi clarify? Is Shlema Salev, like me and how we were discussing last week, conviction? Is it like doing it, being 100% yeah. present? 100% in. No, there's no war. Yeah, go, but I'll hear you. <laughs> or slave a slave, like, like, like trying to like enjoy as much as you can. No, they're, they're one in the, they're one in the same. To, like, enjoy, so, I might as well hit the so you said it, Shia. Being committed, being commitment, Shlema Salev is, I'm 100% in. That's what Shlema Salev is. When you're 100% in, it doesn't mean that everything is working out. The reason Rav Simcha Rabbah had the story about the light being on and he's not even thinking to turn off the light is because he's 100% in. When you're 100% in, that's Shlema Salif. You're 100% in. So it has nothing to do with like, like enjoying yourself. You will. When you're 100% in, you will enjoy. It might not be the same enjoyment, but you will. But what, think of the things you enjoy. Why does Rav Simcha, do you enjoy playing football? At what level? From 1 to 10. 10 being the highest level. 10. Are you 100% in when you're playing? What? Yeah. There it is. Take anything. Are you 100% in? What do you enjoy? Gemara. Rabba loves Gemara. A block Gemara. Are you 100% in when you're learning? If I would be, I'd be a lot happier. A lot happier. Take it. No, no. That's imagine the little I am, I'm already happy. So again, anything, well said, Shaya, anything that you're 100% in on, you will be happy. And the level of your 100% in will determine the level of happiness. So if you're 90% happy, then it's because you're not, yeah, write that one down. You're 90% happy, it's because you're 90% in. If you're depressed, if you're depressed, that means you're, you're, you're negative in. You're 10% happy, that means you're 10% in. Whatever it is, you're not happy. Yeah, yeah. That's Shlema Salev. You don't have. There's no should. There's no should. There's no. There's no should. When you're a hundred percent in, that comes from the heart. You're hundred percent. It could start. It could start externally, but when you're in, you're in. You know when you're in. You know when this is it. I am doing this. I'm fully committed to this thing. And if a person is not fully committed to something, then he's not going to have that happiness. He's not going to have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're, you're... Go and make myself in. Get in there. Yeah, get, make yourself 100% in. The more you're in, the more you're in, the more happy you're going to be. Yeah. Just bring out the point. Yeah. You're in, you're in. Just bring out the point a little bit further. Yes. That what? Just bring out the point further. Like, how important it is to be 100% in. So, if Rav Tzvi wasn't 100% in, if he was thinking what I'm having for dinner, he was the backside. That what? One more time. Okay, yes, Ellie. What are we being 100% in? And we need like, is, is being 100% in mean that we're literally 100% in, or does it mean that I'm okay being 60% in and I'm working for it? Being Good, beautiful. You could be beautiful, Ellie. So, what Ellie's saying is that it's true. You could be 100% in of your 60%. Well said. Which means, which means you could be. You could be 60% in, but you accept the, the fact, you 100% accept the fact that you're only 60% in. Correct. Beautiful, Ellie. Everything, everything, whatever you're doing, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever it is that you're doing. Yes, Dovi.
I love the fact, by the way, that you're sitting there with the Masil Sharam. I'm serious. I love it. I love it. I love it. You're with the Masil Sharam. Beautiful. Beautiful. Get the words. That's where I got my stuff from. From the words. Go. All the above. Love, like when Ripsi, I'll, I'll quote Ripsi again. Svi, let me ask you something. It's okay. It's okay. It's, it's good. Right? When she's at the line, are you are you intellectually at the line? Yes. Are you emotionally at the line? Yes. Are you enti- your entire physical body, mental, everything is present. Everything. That's what it is. That's what it is. What? Being congruent. Correct. It's all working. Yes, lose yourself. Lose yourself. Read anyone who read, anyone here, anyone here who read Reinventing Themselves. So knows from the first chapter when he speaks about losing yourself. And he speaks about totally letting go of who you are and letting your emotion, letting your intellect, letting exactly what you're doing just flow and that you don't even know where you are. You're just totally, totally bottled. When Rav Simcha Rabba is learning Gemara, when the tzaddikim are learning Gemara, when they're learning Torah, when they're davening, they are totally oblivious. Not because they should do that. Not because they're copying somebody. It's because they're totally, 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 totally humble to whatever it is that they're, that they're doing. And the more you do that, the more you'll feel it, the more you'll connect to it, the more happy you'll be. And that's, that's, that's what he's talking about. That's Shlema's life. Okay, we're going to have to save the, the number five for tomorrow. But again, just to quickly chazer over, um, number one is relationship with Hashem. Number two is to copy Hashem and to go in the ways of Hashem. Number three is to be a giver, not a taker. And number four, we'll call it to be all in, in whatever it is that you are doing. To be all in. To be all in. And even like Ellie said, part of that could be that I'm all in in the fact that I'm only 60% in. But at least I know where I stand with what it is that I'm connecting with. Hashem should help each and every one of us as we're here trying the best we can, learning Hilchus Lashon Hara, learning Mesil Sisharim. Shem should help each and every one of us. We should be Zoha, that all the words of the Ramchal will affect us, will change us, especially this week where it's Erev Rosh Hashanah. Hashem will help each and every one of us that we will have a year of living the five pillars and the five foundations of Judaism, that we will be able to tap into each one of them better and better. And don't forget, guys, that today, it doesn't matter what happened yesterday, doesn't matter what happened last night, doesn't matter what you've done in your past. What matters is 11.15 Sunday morning, Hashem should help us renew ourselves. And today is the first day of the rest of your life. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Shkoch. I have a shot. Yeah. Is it? Rebbe was saying that you're 90% happy. It means because you're 90% you're only...